Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. It will be the longest tornado in U.S. history on the ground. Thousands of homes are damaged, if not destroyed. Inflation is growing. Every other aspect of the economy is racing ahead. Increases Russian forces, the border with Ukraine. Over recent days and weeks. Increased crime. We do have a crisis in our hands. Skyrocketing across the country. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Monday. And, uh, boy, pray for those poor people in Kentucky, some in Arkansas as well. A uh, devastating weekend for those folks. Uh, Nearly 2,600 customers still don't have power as of Monday afternoon, according to Power Outage. As the Daily Wire reported, Kentucky Governor... Bashir declared a state of emergency Friday night. He uh, said it was activated and the National Guard has come in. He's requested federal assistance, which uh, Biden has said he will offer. This has been one of the toughest nights in Kentucky history, he said. We'll get out of this. We'll rebuild. We're strong, resilient people, and we will be there every step of the way. Earlier today, the governor became emotional when he delivered an update on the impact of the storm in Kentucky. Like the folks in western Kentucky, I'm not doing so well today, the governor said, and I'm not sure how many of us are. He also shared an emotional story regarding his notes. He said, I was working on getting the confirmed deaths this morning and realized I was writing on the back of notes that one of my kids took from school. And here's what it said. It was notes on inertia. It means that an object that's in motion will stay in motion, so we're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, it was uh, just a tad bit of good news when um, that candle factory in Mayfield, Kentucky, uh, they they were thinking that there would be possibly more than 100 people that would have lost their lives in that uh, building that went down just devastated i mean just demolished Uh, as it turns out a number of the workers that were there uh, that survived that part of the storm have been located they actually after they had gotten out they went into a shelter after they gotten out many of them left the uh, facility went home and so as it turns out when they thought that perhaps as many as 70 100 might have lost their lives Uh, It was uh, just a handful. Um, It looks like there is uh, now they're they're still looking, but at the moment there's only eight people remain missing so far. Um, And uh, it looks like that uh, when we thought there could have been 100, it looks like it's probably somewhere around 40 that uh, have lost their lives in that disaster, which is still terrible news, but uh, it was better than what was originally estimated. So uh, please do uh, pray for those folks. Uh, you can give. Uh, I know Samaritan's Purse is uh, sending truckloads of uh, materials out there along with help, along with finances. So uh, that, that would be one organization that uh, we could recommend to you, Samaritan's Purse, if you want to give to those folks uh, that uh, suffered. And, you know, there's never a good time for this. But my goodness, two weeks before Christmas, it's heartbreaking. Congratulations to the Tarboro Vikings. They picked up their eighth football state title and the fourth in five years. 
with a commanding 28-7 win over Mitchell High School in the Class 1A North Carolina High School Athletic Association state title games. The Vikings have also won another state football title 2020 and 2021. Uh, that was uh, the spring COVID-19 season. They won in 2018, 2017, 2011, 2010, 2009, and 1994. They are now 8-4 and in state title games. Um, J.H. Rose and Wallace Rose Hill came up short in their title games, but uh, congratulations on very uh, good seasons to all three teams. But again, Tarboro Vikings, state champions. Congratulations. Uh, this is a rather bizarre story, but it uh, – uh, well, the New York Times is bizarre. <laughs> That's who's reporting this. The New York Times is reporting – North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper as a presidential candidate? That's what they speculated. I know, it's hard to believe. Apparently such an idea became a topic of discussion at the recently concluded meeting of the Democratic Governors Association where Cooper took over as the chair. Again, this is out of the New York Times. The Times cited remarks by Cooper about his accomplishments as a harbinger of possible candidacy in 2024 should Joe Biden change his mind and decide not to seek re-election and beyond? I, <laughs> uh, they really must be desperate. I mean, they are. It's pretty obvious. You just look at the uh, Democrats and uh, who they would run. So Pete Buttigieg or Roy Cooper? Um, the Times says Mr. Cooper has already had donors encouraging him to consider a bid According to Democrats familiar with conversations, the report gained momentum on social media earlier today to the extent that Cooper's office issued a statement, quote, the governor supports President Biden and is focused on ensuring North Carolina emerges from the pandemic even stronger than before and implementing the president's plans to create better jobs and support families here in our state. So in other words, uh, Joe Biden is, I guess, in Roy Cooper's eyes, doing a good job. Uh, I will have to disagree with that, but I also strongly disagree with the idea that Joe Biden will run for re-election. Uh, I don't think so. I think that's a. I, I I wonder if Joe will even. I don't want to wish any ill will, but him running for re-election, I don't think so. The report include various Democrats who could be candidates should Biden step away from the office, and I think that's a more than likely. No incumbent president has done that since Lyndon Johnson in 1968. Of course, Johnson took over in 63 after President Kennedy was assassinated. The Times reported, uh, the Times report rather, cited the fact that Cooper is the only Democrat governor to win twice while on the same ballot with former President Donald Trump, who carried North Carolina in both elections. He didn't win by much. And uh, when he beat um, Pat McCrory, Highly controversial whether he won that race. Uh, can you say a trunk load of ballots well after midnight? Cooper, 64, narrowly defeated incumbent Republican Pat McCrory in 2016. He beat Dan Forrest, who didn't run much of a campaign in 2020. There are also 11 governors elected in the same election cycle as the president. Among those, John Kerry of Delaware, Jay Insling of uh, Washington, and uh, they're only they're the only other uh, Democratic incumbents. Cooper will ha will have finished his two terms. 
uh, Indiana, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Utah, Vermont, Washington, uh, West Virginia will also elect governors in 2024, and each has a Republican serving there now. Roy Cooper as <laughs> now I you know uh, and, and now again I don't think the last presidential election was legitimate. And so for that, we'll probably get bumped off of Facebook and Twitter again because I just said that. But uh, I don't think it was legitimate. And um, that's just my opinion there, Facebook and Twitter. But, uh, you know, I don't think it was a legitimate election. And uh, Joe Biden was declared the winner. I never thought Biden would win. I still don't think he did. But uh, I'd have to put Cooper in the same category as Biden. Really? That's the best you can come up with? By the way... Speaking of uh, politics and Democrats and Republicans, last month, Florida Democrats appeared to wave the white flag when it comes to the gubernatorial race in Florida. According to Politico, the Democrat Governors Association has no plans to give significant financial help to Florida Democrats looking to take out Ron DeSantis. While the DGA has bristled at those reports, insists they are putting up a fight, one number certainly isn't helping boost confidence. For the first time in modern history, according to the Associated Press, in Florida, registered Republican voters outnumbered Democrats in the state. Wow. Is that the voters are choosing the Republican Party over the freedom and liberty? And Reckonetta said last month, this milestone moment reflects years of hard work combined with the success of our common sense conservative policies. According to the latest figures, the state election agency says there's 5,120,076 registered Republicans, 5,095,008 Democrats, and 3.8 million unaffiliated voters. By the way, unaffiliated is the fastest growing uh, identification for registered voters across America. I mean, that it's not the largest, but it's the fastest growing. And I think that will continue to be mainly because you look around at the Republican Party. Uh, you know, the Republicans last week passing, you know, voting to allow Democrats to glibly raise the debt ceiling whenever they feel like it. All they have to do now is take a vote. Why would you? I mean, those kind of things that people, you know, you have these senators come out and say, well, you know, we had to, we had to do that because uh, we have really have no choice. And, you know, this is politics and we have to work for the future and blah, 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 blah. And uh, the average American sits at home and scratches his head and says, what in the world are you thinking about? So, I mean, the fact that Republicans are outnumbering Democrats, that's a positive. But isn't it interesting where you have probably the most conservative governor in the United States? The people are flocking to the Republican Party. They're flocking to the Republican Party. Joe Biden, you heard about the uh, inflation numbers. We talked about that on Friday. Worst numbers in 39 years. What does Joe Biden say about these numbers? (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. Today's numbers reflect the pressures that economies around the world are facing as we emerge from a global pandemic, prices are rising. In other words, it's not Joe's fault. It has nothing to do with his policies, not Joe's fault. Uh, 
But developments in the weeks after these data were collected last month shows that price and cost increases are slowing, although not as quickly as we'd like, Biden said. Price increases continue to squeeze family budgets. We're making progress on pandemic-related challenges to our supply chain, which makes it more expensive to get goods in the shelves, and I expect more progress on that in weeks ahead. In the meantime, you want to fire anybody that's not vaccinated, including truck drivers. Why don't you intervene out in California? Finally, the challenge of prices underscores the importance that Congress move without delay to pass my Build Back Better plan. (laughs) He thinks if you pass this Build Back Better plan, it's going to stop inflation and it's going to lower cost. He says it will lower how much families pay for health care, prescription drugs, child care, and more. American families should not have to wait to get relief on the cost of prescription drugs like insulin or see their child care costs cut by more than half. Independent economists have projected this plan will save a typical family of four $7,400 every year. Where have you heard that kind of talk before? Pass my Obamacare and the average family will save $2,000 a year on their health care costs. Why would anybody believe this garbage? And he continues to say it's not going to cost you a dime. Did you hear Chris Wallace from uh, Fox News announced yesterday, shortly after revealing that he is leaving Fox News, that he's going to CNN, where he will be a key figure in a new streaming service that the far-left network is expected to launch next year. Inconceivable. It is inconceivable. I mean, stop and think about this. You're on the number one, I'm pretty sure they might be the number one cable network. Certainly the number one cable news network. But they continually beat the living daylights out of CNN and MSNBC. And you're going to the lower tier streaming service of CNN. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that CNN paid to be on in airports, would anybody be watching CNN? Now, most of the articles did not come out and say Chris Wallace is leaving because he is irritated at conservatives like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity. But he is ticked at conservatives like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and numerous others. He said, I'm thrilled to join CNN after decades in broadcasting cable news. I'm excited to explore the world of streaming. I look forward to the new freedom and flexibility streaming affords in interviewing major figures across the news landscape. I mean, you know, he is basically a CNN guy. Now, I mean, he looks conservative compared to CNN. But I mean, if and if you've watched Chris Wallace, he has gotten more liberal over the years. I used to, as a mainstay watch Fox News Sunday to see what, more to see what the panel was saying. But uh, Chris Wallace has just gotten further and further and further to the left. So uh, basically, I would say good riddance, good for Fox News. And uh, Chris, I I think basically you're going to see your career dwindle down and in crumbles as uh, you dissipate into the CNN abyss. And don't let the door hit you in the fanny on the way out. But, I mean, the guy, the low point of his career, this is cut one, the low point of his career was in the 2020 presidential debate. He was the moderator. 
And while he claimed to be the moderator, he was a debater. While he let Joe Biden get away with anything, he constantly, constantly was debating Donald Trump. Mr. President, the Supreme Court will hear a case a week after the election in which the Trump administration, along with 18 state attorneys general, are seeking to overturn That's right. Obamacare, to end Obamacare. You have spent the last... Because they want to give I, good health care. If, if I may ask right. my question, sir. Good health care. Over uh, the last four years, you have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, but you have never in these four years come up with a plan a comprehensive plan yes, to I replace have. Obamacare. Of course I have. Well, I'll I got rid of the individual mandate. Excuse me. I got rid of the individual mandate, which was a big joke a of Obamacare. That is absolutely a big thing. That was that, the worst I, I part of Obamacare. Chris, that was the worst part me. of Obamacare. Let me ask my question. Well, I'll, I'll ask Joe. I, 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 the individual no, mandate I, was the most unpopular aspect of Obamacare. I got rid of it. And we will protect people with I'm the moderator of this debate. And I would like you to let me ask my question, and then you can answer your question. You, in the course of these four years, have never come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. I'm the moderator of this debate. I'm the moderator of this debate. I'm the moderator of this debate. Yeah, we know, Chris. I mean, he was debating the president. Just come out. If you, if your question is this, Mr. President, you know, what is, what is your answer to the health care issue? Just ask the question. You don't get up and give a two-minute diatribe about how lousy of a job that Chris Wallace thinks Donald Trump has done. I mean, Donald Trump had every right to respond to every one of those points, and Donald Trump was right. He not only had to debate Joe Biden, he had to debate Chris Wallace. But he thinks Chris Wallace thought he did a great job. Very poor job. Yeah, he did. By the way, speaking of CNN, John Griffin was a producer at CNN, senior producer at CNN. The perverts at CNN. I mean, Don Lemon, you know, he's in a lawsuit because of a sexual situation that he actually did to a guy. Chris Cuomo, we know his issues. And now the senior producer, who, by the way, had worked with Cuomo when Cuomo was on uh, New Day, that is the uh, floundering morning program from CNN. This guy was a producer on New Day. He's been arrested by the FBI and charged with sex crimes that I can't even go into. I mean, this is just vile stuff, and it's child abuse. And it, it is unbelievable. He was charged by a grand jury in Vermont with three counts of using a facility of interstate commerce to attempt to entice minors to engage in unlawful sexual activity. Griffin is currently in custody, and his arraignment is in Vermont. It's scheduled for Wednesday at 11 a.m. This guy could be in prison for a long time. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Vermont, and not exactly your most conservative state in the nation, wrote in a statement that Griffin sought to persuade parents to allow him to train their daughters on being sexually submissive. 
This guy is sick. Griffin later transferred over $3,000 to a mother of plane tickets so the mother and her nine-year-old daughter could fly from Nevada to Boston Logan Airport. The mother and the child flew to Boston in July of 2020 where Griffin picked them up in his Tesla and drove them to his house. At the house, the daughter was directed to engage in and did engage in unlawful sexual activity. That's, that's as deep as I'm going to go. And this is out of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Vermont. CNN suspended Griffin, who worked with the former Chris Cuomo in the New Day anchor from its inception in 2013. Um, the guy might be in jail for a long time, but wow. And, and again, this, this is one of the woke, enlightened people who tell us how to live, what our moral standards should be. How how sick. How sick. Hey, we gotta take a time out. More news and views coming right up. Stay with us. I could tell today's message was really important. Ready your decoder rings. Aha, B. The first letter is B. U, I. It was getting easier now. L, D, build. Build what? What was it? The fate of the country may hang in the balance. Decode the day's news. Build back. Better? A crummy socialist bill. With Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. A little uh, Christmas story uh, preview for you. Uh, take a look at your weather forecast. Patchy frog tonight. Frog. <laughs> Patchy fog tonight. Low around 32. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 63. And uh, Wednesday, sunshine with a high near 64. So a good good week coming up. In fact, uh, the weekend looks like we'll be back in the 70s again. So uh, not bad at all. Uh, this just in from uh, Keith Kidwell. State Board of Elections tried to secretly remove modems from North Carolina voting machines. For months, Karen Brinson Bell, executive director of the North Carolina State Board of Elections, has stonewalled and denied access to voting equipment, as well as even acknowledged the existence of modems in North Carolina voting machines after receiving information that modems were being removed from the voting equipment in Watauga County, as well as several other counties, the North Carolina Freedom Caucus made a freedom of information request, as well as a request under the North Carolina general statute that all documents related to the removal of modems from voting equipment in Watauga County be provided to the Freedom Caucus. When the State Board of Elections became aware that the Freedom Caucus had this information, Director Bell issued a press release indicating that all modems were being removed from equipment throughout the state. Quote, we firmly believe that had the request for the documentation of this removal of modems not been made, Director Bell would have continued to deny their existence and would have hidden the fact that they were removing the modems from the voting equipment, said Freedom Caucus Chairman Keith Kidwell, who's on the phone with us right now. Keith, thanks for calling in. Thanks for forwarding this information to us. Um, So basically, when we were told that none of the equipment had modems on them, then why are the modems being released if they're not there? (laughs) Well, Tom, we had actually invited, and, and thank you for having me on this evening. Uh, we had actually invited the uh, Board of Elections to send people to 
talk with the Freedom Caucus in reference to uh, what our equipment did and did not have. And they had indicated that there was an older-style machine that had modems in them, but they could not be removed without damaging the equipment irreparably. Uh, and now we find out that they can actually remove them. And I have to wonder, if they've been able to remove them all along, why were they not removed when it became illegal to have modems in the machines? That's Good question. Number one. Yeah. Uh, my number two question would be is, why did we send the work order out, which I have a copy of the work order. Uh, the, the person was dispatched to Watauga County to do preventative maintenance, quote-unquote. Didn't say on the work order he was there to take out modem. When the Board of Elections director, and this is what the Board of Elections director out there told me, when he saw that they were removing modems, he insisted that the guy write on the work order that he was taking modems out of the equipment. Did he and, do that? Uh, did he do that? Yes, they, he did. And he wrote it on a work order. I have a copy of the work order. And I can tell you, I do not believe the Board of Elections was going to tell anybody they were taking modems out until Miss Bell found out that I had the work order because I made the request of Watauga County. They spoke to the county attorney, and the county attorney said under the general statute they had to release that information to me. And it was about 24 hours later that Miss Bell came out with her press release fessing up to the removal of these modems. I don't think she had any intention of telling anybody she was taking modems out. No. she She's uh, sorry she got caught. <laughs> is is there going to be pretty any... pretty much exactly right. Is there going to be any ramifications of this action that she's taken? Well, it, I'm, I'm going to continue to press myself through the Freedom Caucus. Uh, we're going to continue to press uh, to find out exactly what's going on. We, you know, I'm, I'm not on... I simply want to make sure, as a representative of the people, that the people's votes are counted, that every legal vote gets counted, no illegal votes get counted, and that our equipment and systems are absolutely protected from infiltration from anybody outside of the state of North Carolina or anyone that would cause harm to our election process. This is the United States of America, the greatest republic ever to exist on the planet, and the most sacred possession we have as Americans is our vote. I agree. I would, uh, and you're a kind man, and you're a gentleman in the purest sense of the word, uh, but it irritates the fool out of me, and we see this happen over and over again with a variety of different issues where you get these liberals and they get caught, and it's a, oh, I'm sorry kind of thing, and then, you know, and nothing happens to the individual that is, perpetrating the crime and i use that somewhat figuratively somewhat literally perpetrating the crime i'm sorry something needs to happen to the people that are at the head that are directing these things to happen when they act deceptively and whether it's deception by an out and out proactive lie or just withholding the truth it's still a lie well it's it's like we've seen so many times If, if it's a republican that omits information from an, from an inquiry or inquest, uh, they are just hung out to dry and, and shredded. Uh, when it's a Democrat, it's like, oh, it was just a simple mistake. Uh, you know, let, let's go back. Hillary Clinton destroyed her, her telephones and smashed hard drives. And, you know, the guy that was on the submarine that took a picture of some friends that happened Bingo. to get some equipment in the background, he ends up in jail. Right. You know, how do we have such a, a, a strange uh, way of doing these things? Uh, 
two different sets of people. Makes no sense. Well, it, it does not make sense, but, uh, you know, you got James Comey coming out and, well, Hillary didn't mean to, so therefore she's innocent. Right, right. <laughs> hey, Keith. Exactly. Oh, she didn't mean it. It, it wasn't done with malice. Well, yeah. you know, I don't know if this was or not. So uh, at the I, I'm not going to let up. I'm going to keep pressing. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, Keith, you do a fantastic job. You have... Uh, I mean, I always thought you'd do a good job, but uh, you even fooled me. You, you, you are you are doing a great job, my friend, and uh, keep you, it up. Tom. I appreciate it. And, uh, I, I'm humbled by what people tell me, but quite honestly, Tom, I'm up in Raleigh doing what the people sent me to, there to do, and, and I know in a lot of ways they're simply not used to that, but get used to it with me. I mean, Keith, have a great Christmas. A Merry Christmas to you and your family. By the way, how's your wife doing? I know she struggled longer than you did with the whole COVID thing and so had some after the COVID uh, issues. Is she doing well, well she, these days? Yeah, she went through COVID and COVID pneumonia. Then she had a uh, heart attack, triple bypass, and sepsis all in seven weeks. And I'll tell you, Tom, <laughs> she's one of the toughest women you're ever going to meet. I mean, uh, to survive all that. Thank you, Lord, for uh, protecting Keith's wife. Hey, uh, Keith, great job, and uh, look forward to talking to you in the new year. Take care, Tom. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Keith Kidwell. (laughs) You know, it is a double standard. And, And Keith's right. If she wasn't caught with her hand in the cookie jar, or in this case, her hand on the screwdriver taking out the modems, which, weren't we told? No, they're they're not there. No, no, they're not there. Well, if they're not there, then why do you have to send somebody up to remove them? By the way, Keith brought up uh, Hillary Clinton. Town Hall is reporting uh, on her uh, appearance yesterday on NBC's Sunday Today. This woman is so delusional. She believes that um, Donald Trump will run for office in 2024 again. That's about the only thing she said that I thought might be a legitimate statement. If I were a betting person, she said, right now I'd say Trump is going to run again. He seems to be setting himself up to do that, and he, if he's not held accountable, he gets to do it again. Furthermore, Clinton claimed that a second Trump presidency could be the end of democracy. Well, first of all, the, to uh, address the Hildebeest comment, we are a Democrat republic, a democratic republic. Even though Hillary would like us to have mob rule and get rid of our electoral college system, the rest of us hope and pray that we have our democratic republic at the end of the Biden administration. I mean, rather ironic that she would say, if he were to become president again, that would be the end of democracy. Because every conservative out there is looking at Biden and saying, oh, can we please survive the Biden administration? She went on to say, I think that could be the end of our democracy. Not to be too pointed about it, but I want people to understand that this is uh, could be a make or break point if he, Trump, or someone of his ilk were once again to be elected president, especially if we had a Congress that, do his, that would do his bidding, you would not recognize our country. Well, compared to Joe Biden, lady, we hope you couldn't recognize a Joe Biden America under a new conservative president. 
Uh, it seems to me that the Hildebeest is in the clear minority here in terms of what country Americans truly desire. Clinton continued calling Trump a demagogue and commenting on his lasting impact on the Republican Party. And it, again, irony, you call him a demagogue, and yet even his supporters would say, well, his rhetoric is a little bit over the top, but his policies are great. I mean, a, a demagogue, by definition, a leader who obtains power by means of impassioned appeals and emotions and prejudices of the populace, a leader of the common people in ancient times, historically a leader of the people, a person who sways the people by oratory or persuasion. Well, I don't know how many people he persuaded by his oratory. I think he turned a lot of people off by his oratory. But by his actions, they loved the guy. It's not what he said, it's what he did. And here's the thing. Um, Hillary, you're probably jealous because all your speeches did was put people to sleep. I mean, you had to hire rock bands to come in to attract a crowd with a free That's concert. True. But even then, you couldn't get more than a couple hundred people. She went on to say, sadly, the Republican Party has gone along with Trump. And for the life of me, people who I know, who I served with, who fall in line with the outrageous accusations that make whether it's against Dr. Tony Fauci or pretending that what happened on January 6th wasn't an insurrection. Honestly, they have hung up their spines on the wall as they walk into their offices. They have no conscience. <laughs> wow, is that irony? You, you telling somebody you have no conscience. They have no spine. I mean, this is the woman who, after she deleted everything on her hard drive, she said, oh, what do you mean? I, I wipe my hard drive with a cloth? Um, they have no spine, and we are seeing the results of a party that has been taken over by a demagogue. Now, again, looking back at the definition of a demagogue, just, just wait just a second, lady. You lost the election five years ago. And yet, over the weekend, you go on national TV to deliver your acceptance speech, and you call Trump a demagogue? You're a demagogue wannabe. Clinton then said that she tried to warn people of Trump and that she tried to make the case that this was really dangerous. I do think, but for Jim Comey and the stunt he pulled 10 days before the election, I would have won, Clinton said. Listen, the stunt Jim Comey pulled the stunt he pulled was letting you off the hook in early July of that year because he said you're not guilty because of intent. Well, she didn't mean to, so therefore she's not guilty. She didn't mean to shoot the guy in the head, so therefore she's not guilty. <laughs> Lady, you are beyond the pale. Thank goodness we're done with you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. The New York Post is reporting in Seattle, two white liberals have been busted for being fake Indians. Apparently, they've caught the Elizabeth Warren syndrome. But in this case, they're going to get charged, which begs the question, 
why does someone like Elizabeth Warren get away with it? Because what she did was much worse than what they did. They were selling merchandise at various galleries, in which is in a violation of the Indian Arts and Crafts Act. The two Washington State, quote, artists, I don't know, you ever seen a conservative artist? Yeah, there's a few out there, but not many. The uh, two Washington State artists have been charged with pretending to be Native American carvers to sell works at downtown Seattle galleries. Louis Rath, 52, and Jerry Chris Van Dyke, 67, were charged separately by the feds with violating the Indian Arts and Crafts Acts, which prohibits misrepresentation in the selling of American Indian or Alaska Native arts and crafts, authorities said on Friday. The U.S. Attorney's Office said Rath falsely claimed to be a part of the San Carlos Apache tribe, and Van Dyke pretended to be a member of the Nez Perce uh, tribe. The goods they put up for sale included masks, totem poles, and pendants sold in, um, in 2019 at Raven's Nest Treasure in Pike Place Market and at the Ye Old Curiosity Shop along the Seattle waterfront. By flooding the market with counterfeit Native American art and craft work, these cre- crimes cheat the consumer, undermine the economic livelihood of a Native American artist, and impair Indian culture. Edward Grace, assistant director at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Office of Law Enforcement, said in a news release. Now, listen, if these people are going to go to jail, which they were, will, and I'm not saying they shouldn't, but this isn't a drop in the bucket compared to what Elizabeth Warren has done, pretending to be a Native American Indian taking jobs potentially away from true Native Americans. And, I mean, we're not talking about just selling some trinkets. We're talking about an entire career. We're talking about a career that paid her hundreds of thousands of dollars and ultimately was the stepping stone for her to get in, uh, again, I would say fraudulently, to the U.S. Senate. She goes free. These two con men are going to go to prison. Again, I'm not going to defend them. Send them to prison. That's probably what they deserve. But could you please, I mean, if you're going to charge these guys with something, my gosh, charge the Indian princess. we got to take another time out. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So that genius uh, Joy Behar on The View came out uh, earlier today and was fretting that some states would return to segregated schools if the Supreme Court didn't directly address more issues. Reacting to the Supreme Court's procedural ruling on Friday, which allows the Texas abortion law to stand, the uh, heartbeat bill, Behar suggested states would enact racial segregation again in defiance of the landmark Brown versus Board of Education decision striking down such laws. Well, again, this this kind of overstatement is is what liberals always do. You know, the sky is falling. But the but the irony of it actually followed the and didn't just have your preconceived liberal. We have segregated schools, but it's not conservatives that are promoting it. It's the woke mob. How many universities, state universities across the country, are now saying that there needs to be safe space for certain demographics? Or we're going to have certain demographics that are going to have their own dorms. Or we're going to have a certain space that, you know what, white males are not allowed to enter. 
or may or Caucasians are not allowed to enter. Uh, yeah, this is this is called segregation, Joy, and it's not coming from the right; it's coming from the left. The Daily Wire is reporting that Harry Potter Potter author J.K. Rowling has stirred controversy on the left once again after ridiculing the Scottish police force for allowing rape suspects to self-identify as female. Rowling responded to an article from the Times of London on Sunday titled Absurdity of Police Logging Rapists as Women. She said, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. The penis individual who raped you is a woman, Rowling tweeted. Police have been criticized for saying they'll record rapes by offenders with male genitalia as being committed by a woman if the attacker identifies as a female. This is this is the absurd. This is so. <laughs> if you would laugh if it wasn't so sad. I mean, are, are, do not the actions and the biology speak volumes more than someone who merely wants to get off the hook or wants to be put in a female prison where they can commit more rapes? And yet the left, the woke mob, actually went after J.K. Rowling. And, oh, just slammed her. This is... uh, this is the nut world that we're living in. She's right. Thank goodness you got somebody that's got uh, a platform to speak from that's speaking up on the craziness. Uh, by, by the way, too, um, we've talked before about this Leah Thomas, the woman, the biological male who says he's a woman up at the University of Pennsylvania, breaking all kinds of records. Uh, earlier today, a second member of the University of Pennsylvania swim team has come forth and uh, just talked about the fact that they are devastated when this, quote, Leah Thomas wins a match. And he's winning everything. But what's really interesting is they were at a match. And when this Leah Thomas came in first, nobody applauded. This one swimmer just said, you know, whenever a teammate wins a race, everyone, there's just a a round of applause. Everyone's jumping up and down. When he won, there was no reaction, silence. When a female swimmer, a biological female swimmer came in for second, everyone erupted in applause. Um, She said, we're devastated. This is devastating. When will the NCAA wake up? We got to run. See you tomorrow. Five o'clock. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.